What's going on, Fourth and Inches Podcast listeners? We got Kev Cannon, CBP coming at you. What's going on, fellas? You, what's going on, ladies and gentlemen? What's going on, Dan? What's going on, Kev? What's going on, Fantasy World? How's it going, guys? All right, all right. So today's podcast, we are going to start our breakdown by divisions. Um, we are going to start with the NFC East. Um, you know, one of the most well-known divisions. They play a ton of primetime games. I think it's probably the, uh, I guess, most advertised division, I feel like, in football. Uh, but first, if you are listening, uh, remember to check us out online on our website at www.fourthandinches.com. That's www.thenumber4thn. I-N-C-H-E-S-F-F dot com for tons of content, articles, blogs. Uh, you'll have all our rankings up there. You have our draft guide, which features the decision maker, which is basically a tiered guideline of, you know, a tiered out guideline for players based on, you know, your drafting style. Um, it also features the cheat codes, which is a visual breakdown of every team's offense and, you know, features a ton of information on it it's, it's it's a great tool that you can use going into your draft so make sure you check out our website and if you're listening um hit that subscribe button and stay in touch with us so with that being said we're going to move into our first team the dallas cowboys um all right to start things off we'll talk about quarterback Dak prescott um a lot of people see him as a value in the later rounds um a guy who seems to finish in the at the bottom half of the of, of QB ones and you know really is not even in that cure quarterback one draft you know ranking so how do you guys feel about the value of Dak Prescott later in later in the draft you can take this one Dan oh thanks for letting me lead <laughs> off with the Cowboys <laughs> um for someone like me I mean he's He's, he's not bad. He's, he's, I think he's projected where he is, you know, projected pretty right. I don't think he's going to be be, uh, be anything special this year. I think he'll have – I think he's, you know, is he playing for a contract year now? I, I've been reading a lot about him uh, him not taking a, a hometown discount and stuff, you know, so he's playing for, for some money now. So you may see an increase in his stats, plus he's got a full offseason to work out with Amari Cooper. Uh, old man Jason Wynn, who knows what he's going to do, but that's that's some familiarity over the over the middle of the field for at least the offense. I mean, maybe not him in particular, but he's got he's got weapons. Dude. He's got lots of weapons. Randall Cobb's there, who's who's a vet. So, do, do I think he's going to finish in the top ten? Probably not. I mean, he's got the weapons to do so, but I think he's uh, I think he's going to land where he's projected. I think he'll be in that twelve to fifteen range. Um, so. If you're someone that, you know, like the three of us that likes to wait on QB a little bit more, I don't think he's a bad pickup. We, we talked about it. We touched on him a little bit on the last podcast, and he is consistent. You know, he, he doesn't he doesn't turn the ball over a whole lot. He moved the ball with the help of Zeke. So he's he's not a bad, he's not a bad guy to get in that 12 to 15 range. He could do a lot worse. I hate that I, hate that I had to say that. <laughs> I definitely agree. I think, I think Brett, Dak Prescott – is in a really, really good offense. And that is going to help his production. That is going to make him a, you know, for me, probably a top 12 guy. I think he definitely finishes, you know, 10 to 12, somewhere in there. 
He definitely has, you know, a, a plethora of weapons. He has that, you know, he has Amari Cooper. He's got Cobb. He's got Gallup. He's got Witten, who, you know, Witten may not be the greatest tight end in the world, but anymore. I mean, he's a really good tight end back in the day, but he is somebody that moves the change and chains and is going to keep the offense on the field, which is a big deal. You know, you need those guys in your offense that are going to move the chains and keep your all, you know, keep your offense on the field. So I like Dak. I think Dak is, uh, you know, a quarterback that if you wait on quarterbacks that you can take later and, you know, feel confident that he's going to give you a nice floor. You know, I think in every season so far this year, in the past three years that he's been in the league, he's had six rushing touchdowns in every year. He's also had at least 21 passing touchdowns. So just a guy that is, you know, super consistent, you know, and, and every once in a blue moon will give you a huge game, you know, like the Cowboys-Eagles game from a couple of years ago. Or, well, last year. Yeah, last year, you know, where he threw Amari Cooper 200 and Lauren. whatever. The, yeah, 200 and Killed us. fucking yards or whatever it was. Something ridiculous. Yeah, as far as Dak Prescott, man, I mean, I totally agree. I think that he is somebody, if you're getting, you know, he seems like now I would say 11th, 12th round. His ADP is round 12 right now. So you're getting a guy like that that has the potential. I mean, he, two years ago in his rookie year, he finished number six overall. Uh, you know, he's a guy that's shown he can do it, especially if, you know, he gets the right tools around him and, He's got the best running – one of the best running backs in the league. Um, he's got a brand-new toy in Cooper that, you know, he's had an offseason to work with. Um, I agree. I kind of hate to say that I have to, you know, ride with a guy who, you know, pay, plays on the team I hate more than <laughs> any other franchise in all of sports. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you can definitely go with Dak Prescott if you're going to wait around on quarterback and – you know, go with a guy that has some upside. Dak definitely has some upside. Next on the list, we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Now, we know Zeke is, what, me, the best straight-up running back. He's, he's probably the best straight-up running back in the league. Um, you know, last year he did a lot more through the air, through his receiving ability. So, you know, he showed you that he has the chance to do that, dude. What do you guys think about Ezekiel Elliott's potential to be number one? Even let's say in PPR leagues, uh, for me he's not number one in a PPR, uh, just because I think his catches will go down this season. You know, uh, it's he's not really been known for seventy catches. He's been more of a forty catch guy, and you know I know he caught more balls with Amari Cooper there, but I think you know when you bring in Randall Cobb, you bring in Jason Witten back, you bring in the you know, the guys they brought in, I think they did that to maybe alleviate a little bit of the workload on Zeke. Uh, I don't really see him going for another 70 catches this year, so I think that hurts him a little bit. But I do see him, you know, having an increase in touchdowns. I think he could increase, you know, maybe three to seven touchdowns more. I mean, he had, I think, what was it, six last year. He could definitely, you know, up, you know, up his touchdown production. And if he does that, then, you know, he had nine total touchdowns last year. So if he finishes with, you know, 13 to 16 more touch, you know, 16 touchdowns, 
this season. Uh, you know, I think his lack of PPR production will kind of balance out. And to me, he's, you know, anywhere from three to five, you know, is where he's probably going to end up finishing. And last year in PPR leagues, he was, I believe, the number five running back. Yeah, in he was five. So, you know, I think he'll finish, you know, he'll finish somewhere similar, you know, around. He's just super consistent. He's the he's the most consistent running back in fantasy football. He's going to get you basically 18 to 22 fantasy points every single week with a blow up week here and there. Yeah, I think he could uh, I think he could fight Saquon for the number one spot. I mean, I think Alvin could fight Saquon for the number one spot. There's no there's no lockdown. I know Saquon is the. Not consensus number one pick, but most people's number one pick. He's he's on my board just by a little bit, but uh, you touched on the touchdown, Steve, and I think that's going to be the biggest factor. He's not going to get as many catches as Saquon. Saquon could end up with 80 that catches this year or more. I think he, you know, if he's lucky, 40, 50 range with 400, 500 yards. You know, Saquon has huge potential to hit thousand yards both ways. 300 yards rushing. The, the one thing about Saquon that worries me, not only we, he might not get the touchdowns, but the Giants just, they're so bad. And Dallas is going to score touchdowns, and they don't take Zeke out when they're on them goal line situations. He's that guy that just runs behind the big offensive line. He, he runs straight north and south. So I think I think he definitely will get touchdowns. I think they're going to be a, a pretty, like we just talked about with, with uh, Dak, they're going to be a pretty explosive offense. So he's definitely going to get his uh, overall points. I think I think he'll he'll be an easy twenty point um, fantasy guy this year for somebody. So it's just it's a solid pick. Where I mean, if you get you get him first, second, third, it's a solid pick. Um, I think he has number one potential in all leagues. I mean, potential is not saying that's where I think he's going to finish. I honestly, you know, think Saquon. I have Saquon ranked number one, so. I think Saquon is, but do I think Zeke has that potential? Absolutely in every league because he's a Zeke And, you know, nine touchdowns is literally nothing for what other players are doing around the NFL now. Nine touchdowns, I mean, he can easily drop another seven touchdowns. That's 42 fantasy points right there. So even if he drops, you know, 10 to 15 catches, you know, this year, you're still basically adding another 27 fantasy points. Um, He led the league in rushing last year. And honestly, I think his rushing could even go up if the Dallas passing game can become more effective. So, you know, with that being said, I definitely think Zeke has the potential to be number one in any league just because he's probably the best running back in the NFL, straight running back, you know, period. Yeah, I I agree with that. And he's also getting Travis Frederick back, which, you know, and it's not 100% yet. I haven't heard anything definitive saying that Travis you know Frederick will definitely be back this year but you know it's a good bet from everything I'm hearing out of Cowboys camp that he is going to be ready for week one and that's a big deal you know I mean when you have a good center yeah when you have a big you know big big you know big play guy at the center position it's you know that's a that's a big deal especially for a running back yep I agree totally 100 percent um you know getting that center back I mean he 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 went out last year. He had that weird, you know, weird disease or something pop up, right? It was yeah, it was weird. an illness. It was uh, yeah, weird, weird numbness in his arms. It's crazy. It's yeah. scary. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, but, I, uh, and I don't like the Cowboys, but you know, you never wish injury or or illness to any any player. You know, what I mean, that's that's not something that you know I would ever do. 
flipping to another receiver or this one on the Cowboys, Amari uh, Cooper. Uh, most of you, you guys listen to our podcast. You know how I feel about Cooper. Um, I, I'm not high on him at all. I think that Amari Cooper is literally just boomer bust. I don't think he is really that much different than he was in Oakland, except for the fact that his bigger games in, in Dallas, he just had two monster games at the end of the year. Both were in primetime situations. One was with on Thanksgiving Day. The other one was um, the first place game, uh, the 430 first place game against Philly. Yeah. So both of those games were primetime games, and he just – dominated in both of those games and it just truly made his the rest of his time in in dallas look a lot better than what it was there was a lot of five for 58s in there and those kind of games and you know uh, do i think that cooper has the upside to be a second a wide receiver one absolutely i mean i definitely think he has that i was high on him last year coming in and i guess overall i didn't fail in that prediction so to speak because of those couple blow-up games but uh, overall, I, I don't see Amari Co- uh, Cooper being that much different than, say, a Kenny Galladay type who's going, you know, a whole round, round and a half later. So how do you guys feel? So for me with Amari Cooper, the thing that uh, I think is a little bit surprising is his total touches. He had it's uh, 64 total touches and he came to the Cowboys after week nine. So. That's a that's that's a lot of touches for a guy you know that came to a team pretty late into the season. Um, I, the but the thing that I think scares me about him a little bit is his red zone production. If you look at his red zone, you know stats inside the ten, he was only targeted twice. He didn't catch either one of those targets. Um, he didn't have any touchdowns inside the red zone. You know, and, and like I said, he you know it was a small sample size because he came to the team late. But still, I would like from a number one guy, I would like to see at least you know a target or two per game. Like you know, when you look at other you know premium wide receivers numbers, they're they're not getting targeted twice in the red zone. Even Julio, who everybody knows is not a big touchdown scorer, still saw whatever seventeen, eighteen red zone targets last year. You know what I mean? He saw a high volume of red zone targets, so it makes me a little bit nervous about Cooper. Um, I think he is going to be, you know, targeted this year uh, in in those games. Like I said, Amari Cooper had 76 total targets. He caught 64 of them. That's, that's a really high catch rate. Uh, so I do think – I do Dak think also, Dak also had like a 71% completion percentage. Yeah. I don't see how that can stay the same. Yeah. I don't know how to just don't. That's, that's an unbelievable. That's like Peyton Manning in, you know, the 2013 Denver Broncos season as far as percentage. Like that seventy percent completion is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them were check downs to Zeke. A lot of them were Cole Beasley, little short passes. And, you know, Cooper obviously had a great catch, catch percentage as well. But I don't think Dak is the most accurate quarterback in the world. We go back to – I go back to that video all the time against him, him and David Carr um, in like an interview or something. David Carr sitting there in a suit with the, with the head, you know, the earphone in, and he's just <laughs> drilling targets, <laughs> drilling targets, and Dak can't hit one of them. So, you know, he's not the most accurate quarterback in the world. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I think that percentage is going to come down just a tad. 
Yeah, I agree. I think I mean the percentage was high, and and I I made a mistake. I actually was looking at total touches, but it was uh seventy six targets and fifty three receptions. But still, that's a that's a uh, okay. yeah, that's still a high a high volume of you know of catches for the amount of targets he had. But you know, for uh, for a number one receiver, a guy that you know I think most people are considering him a top te- twelve guy, he makes me nervous. You know, he's just. I'd rather have Stefan Diggs. I'd rather have Thielen. I'd rather have, you know, there's a, there's a slew of receivers that I would rather have than Amari Cooper as my number one. And, uh, you know, it's it's strictly based on, like, what Kev said. It is – he's a huge Deshaun Jackson. That's basically, yes, you know, what he, he is. Really is. So, you know, I uh, – You said that, like, three times – during doing us us doing podcasts and he's like a six foot three to Sean Jackson. He really is. Yeah. His games are just like that. <laughs> yeah, he he really is. So, you know, it makes me nervous as my number one. If I can get him at my number two wide receiver, that's you know, that's awesome. If I can get like a Julio, you know, Amari Cooper, that's I'd be happy with that. But, you know, I, I I feel like I have to have that that, you know, dominant wide receiver one to, you know, feel completely confident in having Cooper. So, yeah, I, I pretty much agree with both of you guys with Amari Cooper. He, uh, I don't see a huge ceiling for him. I think he's, you know, an end of the round one, beginning of round two. Uh, I would actually, you know, maybe I think I'd have him ranked right at the beginning of round two or beginning high, not beginning of round two, but high, uh, high late round um, second tier uh, receivers, I should say, like top 12. And, uh, yeah, just basically based on Dak, I think uh, I think they're going to use Zeke a lot this year. I think he'll have some chemistry, but I just uh, I don't see him outproducing some of the main guys. There's a lot of guys I'd rather have ahead of him. Uh, I think, uh, and I just hate the Cowboys. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he, he's got to show me he's got to show me a year where he really you know excels to to put him up in that you know top ten slot basically. So. Yeah, he hasn't had – I mean, Dan's right. He hasn't had that season where you're like, I feel confident taking him where he's going in drafts. He's he's going, you know, as the 12th – I believe it's the 12th. His normal ADP is the 12th wide receiver yeah, taken. That's what I was trying to yeah, get so. head wrapped around. Yeah, basically 12th, 12th, 12th receiver. And I think he's comfortable there, but there's a lot of guys that might reach on him this year because they saw him have those huge games, those huge games last year. And I don't think I, I – mean, if I were people, I wouldn't reach out and say, at least let him sit there at 12, if not try to grab him. You know, he's not going to sit there any later than 12, but just be just be aware if he does have those five for 50 games, we warned you. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I highly recommend that if you are going to take Amari Cooper as your wide receiver one, you very quickly, after taking him, go another wide receiver because yeah. you are going to be super pissed off that your wide receiver one is not consistent and – you know, he's definitely a guy that I would piggyback with another good wide receiver. I'm not going to take him and feel confident in waiting three rounds later to get my second wide receiver. That's just not something I'm willing to do. Not at all. So uh, from the Cowboys, any other players you guys want to talk about? Cobb, Witten, Michael Gallup at all? Um, I actually think in Dynasty, Michael Michael Gallup's a pretty good pretty good player to own in, my, in Dynasty leagues. I guess he's a, a chance – you know, he's a late round chance if you want, you know, great round dart throw in, in redraft if you want to go that direction. But, yeah, I think in Dynasty, Michael Gallup is not a bad player to own. I yeah. like Jason Witten in Dynasty. I think I own. 
Yeah, dude, I, I was about to say we might have to cut this shit. Yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, my I, whole facial expression I feel like changed. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah I uh, you a very serious face. I gotta give you, you got me on that one. Took a face. I was like, whoa. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, yeah, I agree on Michael Gallup. I think, mm-hmm. I think actually. Michael Gallup might actually have some targets in the red zone this year. If you noticed in that playoff game and in and in uh, you know the towards the end of the season, that's kind of where they started using him a little bit more. He started getting more targets in in the you know scoring area. So I think he could be you know a late round guy that you take or maybe even a waiver wire pickup. You know if you have an injury to your team, and I think he could be you know something that's that'll help you this year. I don't, he's not going to be an every week starter, but you know, bye week fill in something like that. I think he could definitely, and in dynasty, I definitely agree with Kev. I think, you know, give him, you know, until next year. Cause that's normally when you see wide receivers blossom in the NFL, you know, give him till then and see, you know, what his, his production looks like. I mean, he could end up being a wide receiver three for you. And, you know, like we talked about in the dynasty podcast the other day, if you, you know, you want to stack up on on wide receivers because you know you might be in a league where you're start you're able to start five wide receivers. So if Michael Gallup is a good number four wide receiver, you know in a dynasty league that that's that's uh, some guy you can use you know as production, especially by weeks and things like that. So you know I'm I had Michael Gallup actually I I believe I dropped him for one of the rookies I picked up this year, but uh, JJ Sager Whiteside actually. So you know it, it's one of those things, but he definitely could be productive, in, especially in Dynasty. All right, so now we're going to move on to the New York Giants. Uh, started off with the top, one of the top four running backs, uh, Saquon Barkley. Um, Saquon, obviously, we know is running back one potential. Um, he's literally going to be maybe 60%, 75% of that offense, you know, it's all going to run through him. So uh, how do you guys feel about Saquon being, you know, as possibly the number one running back overall? Sucks to be in this position on the team that he's on, but it is what it is. The guy, the guy is generational talent, you know, Adrian Peterson, who was Marshall Falk, you know, these kind of guys that just, he's going to be wearing a gold jacket when his career said and done. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just, just, you know, being a huge Penn State fan, I hope they don't just beat on him too bad. I like to see, you know, I don't think we're going to see the Giants be winning anytime soon, but I'd like to see him at least not torture us for too much when he plays our birds. But he's 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 fun to watch, and you want to see the kid succeed because he just does everything right. Yeah, high, definitely a high quality person. You know, just you listen to the kid talk; he's just super respectful. He's just, you know, the kind of player that you really love to root for because you just know he's a good dude you know what i mean and mm-hmm. you know it's it's nice to have a superstar running back like that like you know like david johnson david johnson's the same way it's 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 awesome when you get superstars in the nfl you know this is not fantasy related but i feel like you know i want to say it. it's just it's nice when you have those kind of backs that you know are just like really good people you know, in positions of being NFL superstars, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's just nice to have that. And, you know, back to Saquon's fantasy value, Saquon could be number one. It's, it's not even, even on the 
one of the worst teams in football, which I don't actually don't think the Giants are going to be as bad as they were last year, this year. I think they will improve. Their offensive line got better. Uh, you look at the cheat codes, you know, you can see some of the some of the ads that they, you know, that they did. They got Kevin Zeitler, I mean, which is a big deal from the Browns, you know, graded out as a top five, uh, you know, right guard in the league. He's, you know, just a really dominant player, which is really going to help that offensive line. You know, with, you know, Will Hernandez being there, he played very well last year. You know, they pick, picked up Mike Reimers for depth. You know, it's it's going to be a better offensive line. Nate Solders actually started playing a whole lot better at the end of last season. So when you look at all of the offensive line help that they got this season, you know, you could see that offensive line playing a lot better. And, uh, you know, that will, that will help the offense in general. You know I mean? Me and Kev talk about it, you know, last season. We're going to talk about it again this season. Offensive lines matter. You know I mean, when you have a good offensive line, your fantasy team, you know, your fantasy team players are going to be better with teams that have better offensive lines. And the Giants could yeah. be, you know, a good offensive line this year. And there's, there's a reason why teams like Pittsburgh can go from Le'Veon Bell to James Conner with no, you know, no hiccup in, in stat production. It's because their line is just that good. You know, teams like the Eagles, they, they have constant production from the running backs, although last year they were they were very terrible um, in running back. But, uh, you know, Dallas is going to have a good running back every year. I mean, I think even if you look at uh, McFadden a few years back, was actually very fantasy relevant before Zeke got there. So, um, yeah, offensive line is very key. And when it comes to Saquon, I, automat- I definitely think he has – you know, the ability to be number one running back. I haven't ranked as a top running back, so that says enough. Um, he's, like I said, he's just going to get so much work. He might see over 400 touches this year in that offense. And, you know, when you're when you're talking about a guy getting that much work that has that much talent, I, I, I think there's, it's, you know, it, it's almost a given that he could finish number one. Uh, moving on to the next uh, giant being drafted, Evan Ingram is in – you know, I think he's going around round five. Um, I think pretty much as the fourth tight end, you know, there's obviously that mix there with him, Hunter Henry, and O.J. Howard. Um, how do you guys feel about Evan Ingram being a top five tight end this year? Uh, I think I think Evan Ingram has as much upside as really anybody. You know, I, I constantly preach, you know, tight ends being on good teams uh as you know what you want but you also got to look at you know what do they have target wise on this team you know they just got golden tate uh which you know is going to you know soak up some touch some targets uh you know they have sterling Shepard, who you know they are planning to use as their number one receiver so really that's about it i mean you, you got other you know other guys on the team that are really not going to be super heavily targeted, you know, Benny Fowler and guys like that, that, you know, you're not really sure what they're going to do. So, you know, I can see Evan Ingram, you know, last year in target, total targets, he had 64, you know, I mean, he was hurt for a lot of the season. So I could definitely see his target share going up to, you know, a hundred targets. And if you're getting a hundred target tight end, you know, it, it's, Last year he had 64 targets and 45 receptions. So you know he only out of out of 64 targets he only didn't catch 19 of them. And if you look at Eli Manning's stats, 
from last year, you know, he was throwing balls over guys' heads a lot. You know what I mean? A lot of the balls were uncatchable balls. So of those 19 misses, could 15 of them could have been missed throws. You know what I mean? So I definitely think Evan Ingram has top five tight end upside and, you know, just for sheer volume of targets he's going to see this year. Yeah, it's going to come down to it's going to come down to whether he can turn those targets into yards because he's definitely going to get definitely going to get receptions. He's not going to be shooting down the sideline like Gronk is, but he's going to be the middle of the guy, middle of the field guy. Whether that's for Eli, whose arm is starting to become rubber, or you know they decide to make the move sometime during this year and put Daniel Jones in, and he uh, he's obviously not going to be slinging the ball 60, 70 yards downfield. He doesn't have any Odell Beckham anymore. He's got. You know, Sterling Shepard, you, you know, we don't really know what his capabilities are yet. We know Tate's your slot guy, so he's not a down-the-field guy. So between, you know, both quarterbacks, whatever route, you know, whatever play that they get, uh, he's going he's gonna, to he's gonna be the, be the uh, security blanket, and he's going to see that 80 to 100 targets. If he turns 60 of them into catches and handful of touchdowns, you know, call it eight touchdowns and 800 yards, it's a, it's a really good fantasy, you know, fantasy stat line for a middle ranked uh, tight end, you know, in that in that four to six area that we got him. He's obviously not in the, the Kittle, Kelsey, Ertz tier that, that we talked about, but I think he I think he's definitely um, he, he should he should finish in number four or five. I know some people, you know, that aren't high on Kittle or or Ertz might think that someone's going to take over, but I think those are those three are definitely going one, two, three. They're just they're just too elite at their position. Yeah, I agree. All right, I'm going to tell you guys something that's going to be a complete shock. Last year, Eli Manning may have forced the ball to Odell Beckham a little bit. Believe that? No. So <laughs> if you watch the film, <laughs> there was times where I feel like Evan Ingram was open had you know a clear reception and oftentimes Eli was either sacked because the offensive line was bad or he was forcing the ball into Beckham um you know obviously Odell Beckham's one of the best receivers in the league so if he's under pressure and wants to get rid of the ball that's going to be the first guy he kind of looks to because the guy's unbelievable but this year I think that guy's going to be Evan Ingram if you look at you know games where Odell Beckham hasn't played, Evan Ingram has literally been up there probably in the top three. He's probably up there ahead of Kittle or up with Kittle right, uh, you know, 75 yards a game in every game that Odell has not played. So, you know, I think Evan Ingram, obviously, I have him ranked, I think, as number four tight end. And if you look at it this year, last year, Odell Beckham through 12 games had 124 targets. That's a lot of 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 you know there's a lot of that's a lot of action that's going to have to be spread around between him and Tate and uh, Sterling Shepard so yeah I think he's going to see the majority of it I mean obviously Saquon's probably going to even see a little bit of more work but I think Evan Ingram I have him ranked number four I think he's going to be an absolute stud this year so uh, going into the next two guys uh, right now Sterling Shepard is going in round eight and Golden Tate is going in round 10. Which of those guys would you feel like has a better value, and which one are you more likely to draft? Neither. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't want Tate on any of my teams. I watched him last year with the Eagles, and people made a huge deal about it. 
I just saw him tail off in in, uh, in Detroit. You know, he had a few good years in Detroit. Nothing, nothing incredible. I mean, he had some good years, uh, but I just I saw him tail off. I wasn't as gun ho as everyone else was when he came to Philly. Uh, really didn't have anything spectacular. He had a couple big plays. He never had any big games. He had a couple big plays that helped with, you know, us advancing into the playoffs and, and so forth. But he's just he's not a vod. I mean. Normally you think of slot guys, you might think of your Edelmans, you might think of, you know, back when Wes Welker was, was, was the slot guy, you know, high targets, comfortable, you know, they're this guy that just is always reliable in the middle of the field and get quick, you know, quick strikes to the, from the quarterback, but he doesn't, he doesn't get a ton of, maybe he just doesn't get open because he's getting older, but he doesn't get a ton of, of looks. And we just talked about the guy that's going to cover the middle of the field. That's going to get all the looks and, you know, look, think of all the check downs to, to Saquon that they're going to do, you know, I mean, you have two guys right there that are, that are going to be open more often than Taywell. And like I said, not too long ago, 15 minutes ago, it's Sterling Shepard is, he's, his rookie, it was a rookie year. He had, he had a lot of potential that, you know, a couple of big, pretty big games, but he also had Odell Beckham taking that number one receiver and a safety because he was blowing the top off the, off the ball. So I think Sterling Shepard got a few more, uh, few more games there where he was had a better productive production than what he than what he's had recently so as far as Shepard goes I'm just I'm just all eyes to see what he uh, what he want, what he can do in this uh, with this new you know no Odell Beckham offense yeah I personally um, I think I like Sterling Shepard a little bit this year in the eighth I like round. Him more than tape. That, that, that was my ending result after I bashed tape a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I had to tape one, I definitely would take a flyer on Shepard. I think he, you know, him being the, the number one receiver now that he's, he's, uh, you know, he should, he should produce. I, I, I don't want nothing to do with tape, but yeah, he, I'm definitely higher on him than I would be on tape. But if I'm picking any giant, it would definitely be Saquon. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. You know, I mean, I like Sterling Shepard. I think, um, I, I don't. He's not. I don't feel like he's going to be a 120 target receiver. I think he'll be more, you know, in the 80 to 100 range. Um, but if he shows that he can he can handle the workload, then you know he's he's going to be the guy. I mean, la- last year he saw 107 targets. You know, I think that's probably around what he's going to get again this year. You know, 107, maybe, you know, maybe even more than that. You know, maybe, maybe he gets 120. I, I just feel like the, like I said, I think the team will be better. Uh, they're not going to be coming from behind as much as they were last year, having to throw the ball as much as they did. Um, you know, when you look at the top three guys on that offense, you know, Odell with 124 in 12 games, Saquon with 121, and then Sterling Shepard with 107, you know, you know that's without Evan Ingram. That's without, you know, uh, that's without Odell Beckham. You know, I feel like he's probably going to get somewhere around that amount of targets. And, you know, he caught 66 of 107. So if he is the number one guy there and gets 120 targets, I think he could be good as an eighth round pick. You know, I'm the guy that I'm willing to take a chance on. Uh, Golden Tate in the 10th round. Uh, I'm hoping I have, you know, better receivers at that point. You know, if he, if, if I'm, needing to get a receiver then you know yeah I, I don't i don't mind taking him there but you know hopefully i have better receivers i don't have to take golden tate in the 10th all right so uh, i think i already know the answer to this question but the guy right after golden tate at an adp of 
pick ten round five, or round ten pick five is Kiki Cutie. I'm sure you rather have. Kiki. Oh yeah, much rather have Kiki. All it's day not long. close. Yeah, it's not close. Uh, I, I think Kiki Tate, could be a Tater Curtis Samuel. Curtis, uh, I take Curtis. Yeah, Curtis. Okay. Yeah, Tater McCall Hardman. I think Tate is. Yeah, I'd go. That's Tate. probably the bubble right there. Yeah, I go Tate. That's probably the breaking point right there. So, would you rather have Tate or Deshaun Jackson? Deshaun, and that's not the eagle in me. I'm just saying Deshaun has more touchdown capability. I mean, Deshaun, let's let's break it down for one sec. Deshaun is going to have a, a two or three big plays with Wentz's arm this year for sure. He's going to have a couple 60-yard bombs where we explode and we, you know, oh, we're back. You know, that's a that's a that's a given. There's no given that Tate has any touchdowns this year. Who knows? So. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely okay. see that. So going back to all right, so talking going back to Shepard versus Tate, um, I, I'm with Steve. If I had to choose one, I'm definitely going with Sterling Shepard. I think Sterling Shepard has pretty good, has pretty good upside. Honestly, I mean, I don't think that the Giants' offense is going to be terrible. I think Sterling Shepard's kind of shown he can be a very capable wide receiver. Um, Golden Tate has been a very professional wide receiver his whole career. They have my number four ranked tight end, and they also have my number one ranked running back. So, and an improved offensive line. So, when it comes to the offense, I think that they actually may not be very bad. And you know, uh, so that being said, anybody else on the Giants to mention? I don't think we want to talk about Corey Coleman too much. No. Yeah, no. Uh, I think me and you, Wayne talk- Gallman. <laughs> yeah. Me and you talked about that the other day, Kev. I'm not. Uh, I'm what's not his name? About- uh, Perkins, yeah, Perkins. Yeah, no, nah, anybody. No, nah, we can just skip okay. that. Just throw that shit All to right, the side. So, jumping ahead to our Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, all right, so we'll start off with Carson Wentz. Uh, Carson Wentz, obviously, you know, you've heard our rankings podcast. We're all, you know, we all love Wentz. Um, I have him ranked four. Dan, I believe, has him four. I think Steve has him five. So, uh, you know, obviously, we love Carson Wentz and his potential with all these weapons around him, guys. Yeah, uh, I'll start off because I know you guys really want to talk about your Eagles. I'm just gonna go strictly numbers and and you know how I feel. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are gonna be a dominant offense this year. They they just they are. There's there's no other there's no way around it. So when you're talking about you know, Zach Ertz had 156 targets last year, had 116 receptions. Alshon Jeffrey missed the first two games of the season. Everybody knows that. Uh, he ended up with, you know, uh, 92 targets and 65 receptions. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, I, I, you know, I feel like Nelson Aguilar is just, uh, you know, he's a jag. He's just a guy. Nothing special. But I do think J.J. Osega-Whiteside is special, and he can play that slot role. Uh, eventually this year and be very productive. You know, he's got Deshaun Jackson to throw the ball too deep. You know, Deshaun Jackson, everywhere he's gone, he makes the offense better, period. There's no there's no team that Deshaun Jackson has ever gone to that, has off, that the offense has not gotten better. And it's because he stretches the field better than any player in NFL history, you know, for the longevity of his career. You know, if you look at his numbers, you know, it's his – you know, yards per catch is just outrageous. He just is a big play threat at all times. You know, um, you guys know how much I love Miles Sanders. Miles Sanders is, I think, going to be a very, 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 very good uh, running back. And this offensive line is going to be really good. I mean, they have three offensive linemen in PFF's top five at their position. 
you know, I said that the other day. I mean, Jason Peters, if he plays better, you know, this year because, you know, he was a little bit banged up last year. But if he, you know, says this is my last year, I'm going to go out with a bang. This offense could just – the sky's the limit for this offense, and they could be really good. Yeah, I think Carson Wentz is – same thing. We got, you know, it's a ton of weapons. Carson Wentz is going – this offense is going to be high-flying. And, you know, when it comes to him, I have him ranked as my number four guy. He, he right has now, number his, real quick. He has number one quarterback upside. Which he, you know, any guy that we put in our top five, I think we can all agree have top the top guy. All, you know, number it could possibly happen. Absolutely. I mean, right now his ADP is in round. He is the last pick in round seven. I, I think you know that that he's actually going up a, a, a probably a whole round since since Mockers has really he's, got yeah, going. He's, by draft time, so, he's going to climb. He's going to keep on climbing. Exactly. So you know he might be up there right now. He's just behind Drew Brees, about six picks, six picks behind Drew Brees. Um, for me, I'd much rather have Carson Wentz than Drew Brees. I much rather I would have rather have him than Matt Ryan. Rather have him than Baker Mayfield. Um, rather have him than Aaron Rodgers, who's actually the third quarterback being drafted. So um, for me, you know, I think Carson Wentz in the seventh round is an excellent value. Um, you know. So, Dan, how do you feel? Steve brought up a really important uh, topic or, or point that this offensive line is is legit, and they are lethal. They have the best, some of the best guys at their positions. I mean, the only decrepit fading guy is Jason Peters, and now we have, you know, I loved our first-round pick. I know a lot of Philly wanted, they wanted the sexy pick, you know, they want you, you want to go in, but then we did that, you know, second, third, fourth, you know, we, we got the guys, we got, we got JJ, we got Miles, but I loved our, our first round pick because it just showed that they were dedicated to protecting Carson, you know, to, to get Dillard and, you know, as Peter's replacement, it's, it's huge. It was great. I mean, they already know what Lane Johnson's capable of. They know what Kelsey's capable of. And it was, uh, they just, they just, this is their franchise guy. They, they proved that when they traded, you know, let Nick Foles go to the Jaguars, and to me, you know, I know a lot of Philly fans were were upset about it because he won us a, a Super Bowl. And, you know, the guy played incredible for a few games, and, and you know, played out of his mind for a few games in the in the uh, playoffs and, and, and championship. But you just you're just stacked in talent versus talent. Nick Foles versus Carson Wentz, it's it's uncomparable. Not even a question. No, it's yeah, it's not close. It's really not close. All right, so let's go move on to the next topic here. We got Jordan Howard, um, Miles Sanders. They gave up a fifth-round pick for, for Jordan Howard, and they go out in the second round and they draft Miles Sanders. Um, what do you guys think the Philly running back situation is going to look like this year? Do you think it's going to be a committee, um, which is the way it has been for the past few years? Do you think that they you know, maybe run Jordan Howard and then let Sanders take over? Um, how do you guys see the running back situation shaping out? I personally, I've said this before, I'll say it again. Uh, in the NFL, talent wins, period. It, it's, you know, there's very few situations that you can look on and say that the more talented guy did not play. You know what I mean? It, it's just a perfect example. You know, I guess it's not a perfect example because he got hurt, but a couple of years ago when Kareem Hunt came into the league, you know, there was talk that, 
um, what is his name? The Spencer, Ware. Now. Spencer Ware. Spencer Ware. Yeah, Spencer Ware uh, was going to be the guy, and you know, you heard all that nonsense, and you heard rumblings, you know, before Spencer Ware went down in you know that final preseason game, that third preseason game, you know, you heard rumblings that, you know. Hunt was starting. He was coming. You know what I mean? He was he was starting to play better. There's no way you can even remotely convince me that he was not going to take that job. And I feel the same way. I feel like this is almost the same exact situation without the injury that that situation was. I feel like Miles Sanders is far superior uh, as a running back than, than Howard. I feel like he is a very good pass catcher out of the backfield. I just feel like... All around, he is a much better player, and when the Eagles see the talent that this kid has, they are going to be like, okay, this, this is our guy. You know what I mean? We drafted him in the second round to be our guy, and he is our guy, and and there you go. And that's that's what's going to happen. So, you know, in my player profile, I said Jordan Howard has until, you know, week five of being, you know, the more, you know, the guy with the more touches – and then after that, Miles Sanders is going to take over that role, and I'm going to stick to that. I think, you know, he, by round five, right, week five, you know, Miles Sanders will have become the, you know, I won't say bell cow because I still think Jordan Howard will still get goal line carries and short yardage carries, but, you know, he's going to be the guy that gets, you know, 16 to 20 touches a game. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that, you know, we have, that people don't make enough uh, comments about about Miles Sanders is that he's, you know, let's look at it. He's in his, let's say, his second. Let's go, let's call college not professional, but professional. I mean, these guys play at a, at a very high level. So let's say Miles Sanders in his second professional year, whereas a lot of guys like Saquon's in his sixth professional year. You know, he played behind Saquon, so we didn't get the privilege of really watching him at Penn State because Saquon was that every down back. Considering what we saw last year, Saquon do. I mean, he does everything. So, but we saw Miles with his opportunity, his one year opportunity, and he made enough of a case where. The Eagles, who just went out and picked up a, a starting running back, drafted him because they they saw value and and uh, they they see you know he's going to be the future. Uh, as far as uh, Kev's point, you know I, I think that because Miles is is young, Jordan's a little more seasoned, and we do have a couple other names on the roster. Uh, it's going to be a committee, but I would love to see Miles just you know run away with it towards the end middle end of the year and next year there's not even a debate about who the start running back is you know it's just he you know he's your guy he's your 300 he's your 300 touch guy going forward every year you know lock down that that that, that running back position for us like our old you know the sean you know the, the shady before <laughs> chip traded him away starts yeah. to this day <laughs> but yeah, no, just lock down that that starting running back position because you've already got your quarterback. So, yep. Yeah, see, for me, like I, I, I could honestly just see this being a, a Howard and Sanders show strictly throughout the year, with Howard kind of being, you know, Sanders kind of being the thirty to thirty guy, where you know from thirty yard line to thirty yard line, they usually say twenty to twenty. I feel like it's more twenty five to twenty five, thirty to thirty. Um, because really, how many times do you actually start in, inside the twenty-yard line? But uh, you know, typically for me, like I, I, it's kind of what I think it's going to be. Um, I think Sanders is obviously talented, and Jordan Howard. I mean, Sanders is a second-round pick. Jordan Howard was like I think a fifth or a sixth-round pick um, when he was drafted. So, you know, just talent, talent definitely is going to show. Um, the key will be 
does Philly decide to keep going with its old ways or does, you know, they, do they say, Hey, this guy's just clearly better. Um, you know, we'll just let him do his thing for me. I think Howard's definitely going to see goal line work. He's one of the, he's honestly one of the best goal line backs in the league. Um, so yeah, to me, I think it's going to be more of a committee with, you know, Sanders kind of getting the bulk of the work, maybe 25 to 25, 30 to 30. Um, how do you guys like Alshon? His, right now his value is in like the fifth or sixth round. Um, you know, him and him and him and Wentz just didn't have good chemistry last year, and so I think that's really dropped him. You know, whereas last year I think even missing the first couple games, Alshon was a third round pick. So, um, how do you guys like Alshon in the fifth or sixth? How do you like that value? Yeah, I I think Alshon is. You know, he's a good number three wide receiver. I think he's a high-end wide receiver three. I don't think he's a wide receiver two like a lot of people are taking him. You know, to me, you know, I think he has, you know, I think he has games where he's going to be very good, and then he's going to have games where he's just not very good. You know, Coop, it's, Cooper, it's, Cooper likes stats on those. Like when we, when I immediately thought of Mark Cooper with those – with those four for fifties, five for sixties, and then that ten for one seventy-five with two touchdowns. You know that to me, that's that's Alshon. Yeah, you know. So for me, yeah, see, right, right now, right now, Alshon's going as the 29th wide receiver. He's actually being drafted as a wide receiver, a three. wide receiver three mid, and it's actually not even like a upper end wide receiver three. It's actually more of a mid wide receiver three. I'm looking at some of the names here, and, and I think I like him more. If, especially if we're talking standard leagues, I think I'm liking more in standard than Tyler Boyd um, for me. Uh, Mike Williams in standard is probably higher. I like him higher than Jarvis Landry, who, you know, in standard isn't as valuable as PPR. Um, I, I, I think I'm in agreement with you. I think upper end wide receiver three is probably where Alshon should be drafted. So, you know, maybe end of the fifth round, beginning a sixth, I think is a good value for him. Yeah. I you know, like I said, I have him I have him in PPR leagues as wide receiver twenty six. So, you know, I think he's a high end wide receiver three and you know, I don't mind taking him, you know, where he's going. He's going in according to my PPR ranks here or my PPR ADPs here is six eight and, you know, sixth round eighth pick in the you know, in a in a PPR league I, I think is pretty good value for him i think you're getting him i think you're getting a solid number three wide receiver at you know in the sixth round which is late sixth round which is great all right so next on the list we will talk about deshaun jackson um deshaun jackson right now is going in the 11th round we just kind of talked about him um i I love that value for deshaun jackson um, I, I don't think he would go that, that low in best ball leagues. I think he would be much higher in best ball leagues. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, Deshaun Jackson in the 11th round, I mean, I, he's almost like, you know, a very solid bye week fill-in. Uh, if, you know, one of your guys gets hurt and you're kind of in a position where it's like, oh, who do I go with? Deshaun Jackson is definitely a good throw, a player to throw in there just because of his chance to just blow up. He's got, you know, he can have that game where it's like 150 yards and two touchdowns, and you're like, he just won me the week. Um, 
you know, how, how do you guys like Deshaun in the 11th? I would play, I, if I, I love Deshaun in the 11, and I would play him in as many home games, you know, flex roles, or if you got bye game games, but I think he is going to explode at home being back in Philly. He's going to feed off of the energy of, of the link crowd. So, you know, if you got to play him in a way, you got to play him away. Like you said, he, there's just no saying when he, you know, can go off of that 150 yard game. It's only three bombs for him, two bombs for him, which he's capable of taking any 20 yard slant to the house. He's just, the guy runs lightning 40s, still even at his age. Uh, but his, yeah, and it, it's not even speaking as a homer, but his, uh, in the 11th round, there's, you could probably jot off some names to me and I'll pick him overall because he just has way more upside and then than most other uh, guys you know, receiver do with that, with that, uh, at that level yeah another another wide receiver three you're getting in round 11 you know i just feel like he you know he always finishes you know inside the wide receiver three you know tier inside the top 36 he's always a top 36 guy every single year you know he's he's going to be hit or miss definitely you know i mean you got to expect that you're not you're not going to know every game that he is going to blow up but the thing about Deshaun Jackson is you know he's going to blow up. Like, there's no there's no question. There, there is going to be three to five weeks where he just goes completely bananas, 100 yards and two touchdowns, 150 yards and two touchdowns, and you know that's going to happen. The wide, You know, the Eagles wide receivers have the third easiest strength of schedule in the league. So you have to assume that they're going to have games that, you know, they're just having good, high production. You know what I mean? I believe Carson Wentz is the fifth, fifth easiest schedule, you know, strength of schedule. So this is going to be a team that, that throws the ball, you know, with a dominant quarterback. And, you know, I want shares of all the Eagles wide receivers. So if I can get, you know, Alshon at the end of the sixth and, and you know, uh, Deshaun Jackson – at the end of round 11, then, you know, I'm going to, that's, I'm going to do that because they're going to be two productive guys that I can use, you know, on a week to week basis uh, with Alshon and on a bye week as a bye week replacement with Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. I mean, it's actually crazy. That's a, that just went back and looked at it from last year. And yes, he was, he's number 36 wide receiver last year um, in PPR leagues for the season. Um, he averaged 12.6 points per game and only played 12 games and still finished in the top. He finished ahead of Robbie Anderson, who right now is being drafted in the, in the seventh round. So you, you look at a guy that's basically the same play. I mean, they're basically the same guy. They're, they're deep threats that, you know, Deshaun Jackson last year connected more than he did. And he's you're getting him four rounds later. I mean, it's not even a question of the value. Robbie's, I mean, a getting into, Robbie's too yeah. much of a I think, I think with Robbie, a lot of people are expecting a little bit of a Sam Darnold breakout, you yeah. know, better than what he did last year. And if you look at the end of Robbie's, if you look at the way Robbie finished last year, that's awesome. the reason why. Yeah, he was yeah, awesome. His last three or four games was yeah, he, were beastly, that, so. he went off the end of the season, but he was steady staying for most of the season. Yeah. So, Zach Ertz, I mean, I think, you know, pretty much is consensus number two tight end overall. Um, yet, to me, I, I think Zach Ertz could see an, a, a decline in his production just based off of the fact that last year he he did something that no other tight end did. You know, he, he broke the, the record for receptions by a tight end last year. Um, you know, 
his targets and his his receptions are going to drop incredibly this year. However, I still think it only will decline him to be the number two tight end. <laughs> so, you know, either way, you know, he, you may not get what you got last year, but I still think he finishes number two or number three. I don't think any of these other guys, with the exception of maybe Evan Ingram, could hop ahead of him. You know, that's my my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to see a decline in his numbers, but not really in his tight end ranking. He's still a beast. Yeah, for me, Zach Ertz is he's still going to see – you know, 130 targets. He's still going to catch 95 to 100 balls this year. He's still going to be a thousand-yard receiver. He's still going to have, you know, close to double-digit touchdowns, if not double-digit touchdowns. Uh, there's, there's really no, you know, he was eight touchdowns last year. There's really no way, you know, for me that I'm not taking him, you know, after Kelsey. You know, for me, I. I just don't think it's close. That's why I put Kelsey and, and, and Ertz in a tier of their own because I just feel like Carson Wentz loves throwing to Zach Ertz. You know, I think they have a, like, of, of all the quarterback tight end rapports that you see in the league, you know, to me it's it's Zach Ertz and it's, you know, uh, Carson Wentz. And then there's, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Kelsey. Those, those two guys – you know, just have a rapport with those two tight ends, and they just are going to be head and heels above everybody else. That's just, just the way I, I feel about it. So, you know, there's there's really not much else to say. I think he is going to be super dominant this year like he was last year. Yeah, before you go, Dan, before you go, last year Zach Ertz had 116 catches. His highest career, His highest season before that was 78. Last year, he had 156 targets. His highest season before that was 112. He had 1,163 yards. His highest season before that was 853. Um, and he also matched his career high in touchdowns last year. So, this, you know, Wentz was playing a little scared last year. And, you know, coming off that injury, I think he was a little tentative. And so, he went to his number one. He just literally looked for his number one option. Wasn't there. Throw to Ertz. And, I, and you saw the benefits of that. And I, like I said, I just think – I still think he's going to be a beast, but I think his, his you know, his, his, his usage is going to decline a ton. Yeah, the record-breaking receptions was a – Outlier. Well, yeah, it was, <laughs> yeah. It, was because, it was because of Wentz's struggling uh, injury that he – well, the injury that he, that he got, went back to too soon and – didn't tell the, the doctors about that it was still aching for him and it was the checkdowns, the constant checkdowns that irritated you know, we lost games because he just couldn't make plays that Carson Wentz can normally make plays at the beginning of the season. And he just constantly looked for those checkdowns and I got Ertz number three behind Kittle because I think that Kittle is going to see more balls than uh than Ertz will this year because Ertz is in a better offense than than Kittle is and Kittle has Garoppolo who's gonna make plays and he's just gonna he's gonna use them. And we're not even going to talk about Travis Kelsey because he's like a receiver inside of a tight end body. That guy's he's on another planet. <laughs> so I put obviously Kelsey number one, but I think the three of those guys are just they're incredible. I just think that uh, not saying Ertz is going to have a bad season by any means. I think he's going to have an unbelievable season. I just think that those those receptions and those yards were inflated because of the Carson Wentz injury, just a smidge. All right, so anybody else from the Eagles you want to talk about? Um, I 
think for Dynasty, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside is an excellent draft pick. Um, You know, he's a guy probably going in the second or third round of your rookie dynasty drafts. Um, So, yeah, I think he's a he's a stud to take in rookie in rookie drafts. Um, Nelson Aguilar, uh, I'm not sure what we're going to see. I'm actually a little excited to see, honestly, because he is one of the top three receivers that is I would even say top four receivers uh, consider, you know, if you throw in Deshaun uh, Ertz and Alshon. He's the one that's actually going on the Carson Wentz retreat that he does every year. Um, you know, the other guys are not going with him. And I'm, you know, hoping they can get that chemistry back that they had two years ago because Nelson had me. Nelson was a monster in 2017 when Carson Wentz was throwing him the ball. So um, I, do I think his talent is a jag? I do. But with Carson Wentz throwing the ball, I think it can make him a little fantasy relevant. I'm not drafting him. Um, it's kind of a wait-and-see approach. And Dallas Goddard, I think, is another one. Um, let me ask you guys this. This is something I thought about. We have uh, uh, running back handcuffs, and some have wide receiver handcuffs. Do you think that Dallas Goddard could be a Zach Ertz handcuff? <laughs> Uh, hey, if, me personally, this is the first ever tight end relevant. Tight ends are extremely relevant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> tight ends yeah. are the most relevant position in fantasy. I feel like. <laughs> not, I mean, if you a, have a good tight end, you're you're literally your team has a much better chance of winning if you have a good tight end. Because yeah. if you're otherwise, you're just basically looking at you know maybe four or five fantasy points. Whereas the the, the better players at tight end position are just outscoring your guys by, you know, 15, 20 fantasy points. It just puts you in such an advantage. It literally, I feel like tight end is the most relevant position in fantasy football. So here's, yeah. all right. So here's the more important question. If Zach Ertz goes down beginning of the year and Goddard obviously steps into the number one role, what is he a top five tight end in the league? I was actually yes. going to ask yep. that same exact question. That was another question I was going to bring up because I was thinking about that one today. If yes. Zach Ertz got hurt in training camp, Dallas Goddard steps into that number one role. Is he drafted in the same spot as Ertz in that third round? No. Does he move no, into no, the no, no. Evan Ingram, OJ Howard? Yes. Probably in that ring? tier. Yes. Probably in that tier. Uh, yep. Okay. Yeah, I think okay. he moves into that tier. Uh, you know, you're definitely Maybe not taking him where you take Ertz. That's that's ridiculous. Uh, but definitely in the top, I would say five, four to four to six range. Definitely, that, there's no question. Yeah. It's accurate. Okay, it's accurate. would you take him over? I would take him over Hunter Henry without a doubt. Yes. Yeah. Um, would yeah. you take him over OJ Howard? No. No. Maybe. I think I no. would. Yeah. No. So I, I no. probably would. I know you like Howard more than even Evan Ingram. I wouldn't take him over Evan Ingram. No, I still want to go put Ingram slightly above him. We don't know. Yeah, so. I mean, we, we just seen, we saw drips and drabs of what he's capable of, but I, you know, and it just comes down to the Eagles' offense. Look how when they gave Trey Burton. I mean, the reason that Trey Burton got to be where he's at right now as the number one in in Chicago is because when he saw the field in Peterson's offense, he produced. The guy was incredible as you know the number two tight end. Yeah, he yeah. had one good year. He yeah, had I, one good. He had one miraculous play that that made his career relevant he, because <laughs> he, he, he didn't see he didn't see the play. he didn't see the field a ton because of because of Ertz. But when he was out, well, on the Selleck field, was he, out. Selleck was out there too. He was almost like the third tight end. He was the third. Really, tight end. just yeah, he was just yeah, Selleck, he was Selleck, just 
Solid he was just off the line much. <laughs> yeah, he was just basically the the goal line package guy. He, he was, was nothing he more than that. Stuff. And yeah, his, his, that the 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 Philly special made that dude gave made that dude a lot of money. Yeah. Because Chicago paid him all for that play. <laughs> yeah. So okay, for me, I'm not handcuffing Dallas Goddard with with Zach Ertz now. In dynasty, I'm taking Dallas Goddard because I think he is a great, a great hold. You know, what I mean, he's great stash. yeah, he's definitely a great stash. You know, tight end, some guy. You know, so he's going to eventually be the guy in Philly. Um, the for me, the reason I just don't, I don't ever. Unless it's like really deep rosters, I don't ever take a second tight end, like ever. I make sure I get a good one, and that's it. You know, what I mean, I'm not, I'm not. I feel like it's almost wasting a roster spot when it, you guys know how I draft. I, I, I go all upside after like round eight or nine. I'm literally drafting guys with as much upside as I could possibly get, and I think taking a handcuff at any position really like i don't even handcuff my running backs i really don't i just i don't see the benefit in it i i, I would never take you know uh, i would never take a okay for melvin gordon and then take you know austin eckler oh. i just i don't draft that way i don't feel like you know taking handcuffs you know really is going to help there, you. you i might think just literally might austin be Eckler, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There may be three, three or four teams. Like, I mean, if you can get McKinnon and Coleman, um, I think that's one. And if you can get, uh, I don't even, I don't even typically draft Lamar Miller, but if you could, if you get Miller and Foreman, I think that's probably another one. See, but those guys uh, are not really like I don't, I wouldn't consider those guys really handcuffs because they're going one, to one see, one, they're going one, to one, see one, regular one, production on yeah. their team, and, and that's what I mean. Like when you're talking about handcuffs, I, I think more of the guys like Austin Eckler. Like Austin Eckler is never going to get a big enough work share when Melvin Gordon is there to be a starter for you every week. You know what I mean? When he goes I think down in PPR, he's probably he's P- PPR. He'd probably be a bi-week flex. Yeah. 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 I Definitely really, a guy that you, you take I mean? maybe in a bi in a bi-week bind or something like that. But yeah, I just, but that's don't. all I think. That's all I really think Jarek McKinnon is as long as Coleman is there. He's just basically like a bi-week fill in. Well, if you and, look at the production, you know, if you look at the production of what Kyle Shanahan has done with two running backs, the, he has a track record of having two running backs in the top 24 at their position yeah, at the same time. One year. So, you know one what I mean? Year. With a month well, it's actually offense. two years. And I, I know, and I know I'm, I'm, you know me, I, I'm actually, I'm arguing against something that I'm a favorite <laughs> of right now. So I don't, I don't really don't want to argue against the, the San Francisco running back situation because I'm such a fan of it, but. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, it's just, you know, if you're going to compare Eckler, uh, maybe not McKinnon, but, you know, because I think McKinnon probably does have a – he definitely has a lot more potential than, than Eckler. But yeah. was it, wasn't, at, wasn't McKinnon like a, a, a second-round pick two years ago when after he got – after he went from – Last year. Yeah, last, last year. Was, yeah. was he last year? He was my fifteenth like keeper. Yeah, he was going like – Blew his ACL out. He was going like the end of the second, <laughs> beginning of the third last year. Last year, okay. Yeah, yeah. my fifteenth round keeper that blew his ACL a week after <laughs> our draft. Yeah. All right, so now we'll move on to Washington. Um, actually, an interesting couple topics to start about with Washington after today. Um, you know, word has kind of come out now that in Washington training camp, Darius Geis is having some hamstring issues. 
Steve, would you like to elaborate any more <laughs> than you potentially already have in the past? Yeah. Okay, so I, I've been saying this for a long time. If you, if you're going to draft a running back that the year, any position, any position, if you're going to draft a player who had an ACL tear, the year after his ACL tear, you have to worry about hamstrings. Hamstrings are just one of those things. If you get an ACL tear, you're normally going to have issues with your hamstring. And the reason for that is because when you have that injury, you get atrophy in your hamstrings. When you start trying to push, you know, further into your training because, you know, you just have been off of it for so long, you know, you get hamstring pulls, you get hamstring tears, you get, you know, all kinds of things that happen to your hamstring. And it's just a corollary injury to your ACL, you know, to having an ACL. You know what I mean? Perfect example last year, Dalvin Cook tore his ACL two years ago, last year, in hamstring inju- issues. It's just something that happens with that injury. I can't explain why, it just does. That's that's my best explanation I can give you. But, you know, I said this to you guys three weeks ago or two weeks ago, whenever we did the, you know, running back uh, podcast about, you know, I was talking about Cook. You know, he's he had the hamstring last year. This year, Geis is having hamstring issues. Any, any you know, that's why I said about Cooper Cup. I hope they don't push him too hard in the beginning of the season. I hope they let him heal because, you know, it's possible he's going to have a hamstring issue. So, you know, it's just it's one of those things. Darius Geis, you know, if the hamstring is going to be an issue like we saw with Cook last year, then he's going to drop in fantasy leagues, and he should because, you know, unless you hear that he has a full bill of health, and even then, you're still going to be worrying, wondering about that hamstring. So, you know, just when you have a guy that's coming off an ACL, you know, it's a hamstring is going to be just one thing he has to deal with. Speaking of um, Geis and his backup, Adrian Peterson, and speaking of ACLs, and when Adrian Peterson tore his ACL and he was back like four months later. Dude, he's a not that, freak of that, nature. Not, not that fast, but it was a legit like six to eight month recovery and he was running at full speed. He is... There's something unnatural about how that guy just prepares and how his body heals. He's 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 one of a kind. See, that's the thing. He, like, uh, and I don't know how true this is, but when Adrian Peterson tore his ACL, I I was hearing reports that he was running after like five months. Like he was actually like jogging on a repaired ACL, which is not common. Guys normally don't even start jogging until eight nine months into their recovery. My man was jogging in five months, like. <laughs> He didn't. He didn't. He barely missed any time. I mean, just, <laughs> he, just he, missed, he, missed, he missed more time for his court than he did because of his ACL. Dude, for real. He <laughs> that dude is just a freak. I love Adrian Peterson. I always have. You know, I, I you know the whole switch incident. It, you know, he beat his kid a little excessive. You know, I I I, <laughs> I come from the ass whooping generation. So you know, what I mean, I got my fair share of ass whooping. So you know, it is what it is. But. I, I don't know. It is it, Adrian Peterson, NFL wise, is just a freak of nature. He's one of the best ever, and I I love that dude. Well, how about this? Speaking of handcuffs, <laughs> uh, that is definitely a handcuff, handcuff I would take. Would yes. and I've done it. You know, actually, Kev, you know I did that because actually I showed yeah. you my draft that I had a couple of weeks ago. I to- was talking to Kev a couple of weeks ago. We were talking about this very ex- exact thing, and I said, you know, I'm not sure about guys. You know, he could, you know, have some issues. I I would definitely take Adrian Peterson or Chris Thompson, 
you know, to handcuff with him only because I don't know if he's going to be, you know, he's going to be healthy all year. And that's that's one of those situations where I do think you need to take a handcuff. Guy coming off injury, definitely. I mean, Melvin Gordon, I'm not taking his handcuff. Guys that are not coming off of injuries, I'm not taking their handcuff. But, you know, guys coming off injuries, I will consider taking the handcuff, definitely. You don't want Chase Edmonds, Steve? <laughs> um, this, guy, this guy's going to touch the field yet. You know, guys is like, he, just, he hasn't even touched the field in a, in a regular season game. It's, you know, it's, All right. <laughs> Kevin is breaking my balls because I was talking about Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds is definitely a guy that I'm taking, not because he's a handcuff, but because – Dude, the, the Arizona Cardinals are talking about running 90 plays a game. If they get up to 80 plays a game, Chase Edmonds is going to get some run because <laughs> David Johnson can't handle that workload. Dude, 80, 80 plays a game is a lot. That's a lot of run. Like you he got, secretly put money on Arizona to win the Super Bowl this year. I know he did. He, took those odds. <laughs> he did. He, I, those I think odds. he did. He took those odds. The odds are probably great. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, he might, he might. Steve might fund our fantasy football podcast <laughs> off of winning of the Arizona Cardinals winning the Super Bowl yeah, this year. For real. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, all right. It's like 500 um, to one right, odds so or something crazy. It's probably crazier than that. Um, so, Darius Guy is going in the fifth. Um, I think now, he, I, I, for me, he might be dropping into the sixth and seventh. Yeah. If, he, if this continues, you know, you, I'm not drafting the guy that has hamstring problems after what we watched last year with, like you said, Dalvin Cook, you know, he just never got healthy. This was a guy going in the second round last year that just all year left you high and dry. And then when he came back, he was great. But, you know, you may just be playing a guessing game on, on his health all year. And if I draft guys, I'm definitely taking AP because AP was just a beast last year. Um, so you brought some Chris Thompson up, Steve. Um, I love Chris Thompson as a late round sleeper in PPR leagues. Yeah. Chris Thompson, when he is owning the field, produces an ins- insane. Now, you know, with Haskins, if he winds up being your starter, things may change a little bit. But yeah, I mean, if you look at Chris Thompson, when he's on the field, he is incredibly productive. Yeah, definitely. He 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 definitely in that offense. Uh, is he's just his role is cut out to where he's going to be productive in PPR leagues. He, you know, they don't have it's a perfect situation for a scat back in the Washington offense because they don't have a dominant number one receiver. Uh, you know, their slot guy in Jamison Crowder is gone, but even when he was playing, you know, he was always injured or you know, just there was always issues with Jamison Crowder. So, same they don't, thing with. They're tight end. Yeah, same, <laughs> same thing with Jordan, Jordan Reed. Reed. Yep. It's just it's a situation where, you know, and even even himself, you know, was injury has been injury yeah, prone. Yeah. But the thing That's is been his issue. That's yeah. been his issue is staying on the field because yep. when he's on the field, he's 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 really good. Yeah, he's really good. And I think people are definitely sleeping on him. If he has a you know, I, I like I told you guys, I I the way I rank players, I rank them by, you know, a sixteen week you know, season. I don't. I don't try to figure out who the hell's going to in, get injured and how many games they're going to miss and all that stuff. I think, I think that's not the way you you rank. So you know, I think if he plays all sixteen games, he could definitely be an eighty catch, eighty catch running back, and you're a guy that you're going to be super happy you're getting in. What is it like round thirteen? He's going in something yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, thirteen, fourteen, something like that. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be really happy you you took him that late, and and you know he's definitely going to be bye week replacement and if one of your guys goes down you're gonna happy you have him 
All right. So with that being said, um, any receivers that you guys want to talk about from from this team? Any uh, is Dwayne Haskins? Oh, shoot, Jesus, how did I forget Dwayne Haskins? Um, <laughs> Dwayne Haskins is he? I mean, I'm guessing we all think he's kind of a dynasty only guy right now. I don't think we're taking him in redraft leagues, correct? No. Yeah. No, I think maybe maybe it's your. I mean, if anyone does a backup, a lot of these guys like to do the backup quarterback. But even then, you know, he's he's on the tail end of your of your backup quarterback role. But you know, I mean, the guy's not even announced to be the starter yet. I mean, I think even I think if Gruden does uh, go with Case Keenum over him for for the experience reasons, then it's only a matter of time before. We do see Haskins on the field. I loved watching him play last year in Ohio State. You know, I did not like watching him beat Penn State, but I did like watching him play because the kid, <laughs> he, he's just got an incredible arm. He's, he's, he's so accurate. His decision making. He's, he's, he's another one. He's, I know you're higher on Kyler, but I think they're, they're both really. I mean, it's a good rookie class of court, those two quarterbacks to have right there. They're both going to be. Good for, for a long time. I liked I liked watching him play, and I'm really excited to see what he can do this year. Yeah, I agree. I like I, I like him a lot. I think he I think he showed in college that he is a very good reader of defenses. You know, what I mean, he always seemed to make the right decision. He would you know wasn't throwing you know crazy balls. Kind of kind of knew where to go with the ball, which is a big deal for a, a rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, you never seen him real frazzled. Just always look confident, and that's what I His want. His stats were ridiculous. His yeah. stats were incredible last year. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And he just, you know, confidence to me is one of the big thing, biggest things for rookie quarterbacks. You have to have confidence. And if you watched him last year in college, he definitely showed you that he is a confident football player. Uh, so definitely a, a guy that, you know, I don't, you know, you can't draft him this year because, like Dan said, you know, you don't know when he's going to start. If he is going to be the starter week one, you know, even if that offense around him is just not good enough for you to feel confident. No, he's going to, he's going to take, he's going to have some, uh, he's going to have some learning curves too. I think he's going to take some, he's going to, it's going to take him a little while to get adjusted because of the team he's on. Then maybe Kyler Murray, Murray, because Murray has a better, he's, he's got better players all around him this year. Yeah. So, and really, uh, the, I mean, you know, the wide receiver position, sorry. the only guy I want to mention is Terry McLaurin because, you know, like I said, he they have a rapport from the Ohio State, uh, you know, the, the last, you know, their last year together with, in Ohio State. They were, you know, a dominant duo. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's a guy that I would definitely take late in my draft if I was hurting at wide receiver. All right. So when it comes to Dwayne Haskins, um, I definitely think he's a solid dynasty ad, you know, dynasty player to draft. I mean, obviously he's a rookie, so you're, and you don't know what's going on to starter. So if you're going to take him in dynasty, you obviously got to pair him up with a Ben Roethlisberger type who's, you know, going to play another three years. And that'll give you a chance to see what Haskins really has. Um, like, you know, we talk, we've basically been saying he doesn't have a lot, a lot of players around him right now that are going to, increase his value so to speak but i definitely think he has the talent to be good um actually you know you you guys brought it up a little bit we don't even know if he's going to be the starter um i've actually heard that daniel snyder is going to play a part in the the, the quarterback decision making for washington he'll be the week one starter i I I literally took the words out of my mouth i mean what the hell is this like this guy he just can't get out of his own way. He's, he, he didn't learn with RG3. And, yeah, um, yeah nope. this guy this guy just has hey, to have R- his – RG3 won rookie, rookie of the year, buddy. 
and and couldn't stay healthy and stay healthy for yeah so yeah um you know as far as other players i don't think any of them are very relevant to redraft leagues um i think we have to kind of wait and see uh well i guess jordan reed if you want to wait on the tight end and get a guy that you're going to have to replace after four weeks when he gets hurt um you know you may want to draft you may want to have four four weeks Four weeks. Four weeks. Four weeks. I give him. I give him four weeks. Four weeks. Then you'll be. Then you'll be hitting the waiver wire again. But, uh, and it's it's crazy because man, I loved Jordan Reed. Like three, four years ago, man, that dude helped me win a championship, and it's amazing how far he fell that quick. I mean, the guy injuries, man, injuries. He literally. He's still He's still talented. Even last year when he played, if you look at his numbers last year when he played. He had a great points per game, you know, points per game average, but I think he played like six games last year. It's, it's a, it's all, it's, dude, he can't play much more than six for the last three, four years. Keep going, years guys. I'll six. be right back. Okay. So, uh, yeah. So when it comes to, you know, the rest of the Redskins, I mean, I don't think there's anything to really get into. Um, and that is your NFC East wrap-up. So with that being the case, uh, remember, if you're listening, check us out on our website at www.4thandinchesff.com That's www.4thandinchesff.com For, you know, tons of content And remember, while you're at it Hit that subscribe button to stay in touch with us So, uh, without further ado Peace out, guys Alright, see you guys Peace out, y'all